is overnight RV parking still possible in 2022? Yes, we share our resources and some tips and ideas for getting free overnight RV parking wherever you are. This is RV Miles. This podcast is sponsored by L.L. Bean, who makes it easy and fun to simply step outside. That might mean breaking a speed record in a rugged, built-for-fun sonic snow tube, walking an extra block in a warm, weather-resistant down jacket, or just taking a breath on your doorstep before cozying up in a quilted sweatshirt. For however you experience the outdoors, shop clothing and gear at llbean.com. Be an outsider. Welcome to episode 232 of the RV Miles podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby. And we are two full-time travelers who, along with our three boys, have been crisscrossing North America on one epic road trip since 2016. Here at RV Miles, we talk about everything from RV news to travel destinations, our national parks, and a whole lot more. I'm excited about the show because I think this is something that's been on the top of a lot of people's minds. They feel like free overnight RV parking, the, the ability to sort of just go and stop wherever you want is um, is going away. And there is some truth to that that is getting harder and harder, but we've, uh, we've got some resources for you to talk about later on in the show. But we wanted to start off with a couple of things that came up in the RV Miles Facebook group. The first one was a question about the uh, treatments that you put in your RV's black tank. You know, the, the liquids or packets that you put down in the toilet. And a lot of people really like this brand called Happy Campers. It's very, very popular. And some people noticed that recently they've put on their packaging and on their Amazon listing that it is no longer for sale or for shipping to the state of California. And there's a lot of questions to why that is the case. Were they questions? Uh, well, a lot of people, you know, California is often the first to make environmental uh, type regulations, and uh, this is no exception. But there is actually a really good reason for this. It is a little bit uh, different than some politicians just taking away stuff that you like. Actually, the RV parks requested this. So I wanted to dig a little bit into this. It, it There are certain chemicals that when you put them into your black tank and then they end up going into the septic system at the RV park, they actually can cause the septic system to fail because you're, the smell that you're getting, the smell of uh, the, that is bad coming from your black tank is poop, right? But it's not only your poop, it's bacteria's poop. And a lot of these treatments kill the bacteria so that the smell doesn't get worse and then they have scents to cover it up and all that sort of stuff. Well, when you kill the bacteria, you kill the the park's septic system's mm -hmm. ability to break all that stuff down, yeah. which is key to making a septic system work, right? So yeah. there are different types of holding tank chemicals. Some of them kill the bacteria and some of them are enzymes that are actually meant to break the poop down faster they actually help the bacteria that's the kind that is usually pretty good um, and you'll often see them as listed as california safe or whatever but you can't get sucked up into things like it lists organic or formaldehyde free formaldehyde is one of the major chemicals that actually kills bacteria that is in some of these that's not what's in happy campers but Anyway, they, the RV parks in California, through their association, Camp Cal Now, we, we reported on this, uh, I think, last year at some point, they, they approached the legislature and asked them to put a bill together to ban certain chemicals from being sold, including formaldehyde, and there's a, a list of, of mm -hmm. some other ones. Happy Campers doesn't list what they have in their um, formula. You know, it's proprietary, but it is safe for humans and all that sort of stuff. They do say they don't have formaldehyde in it, but obviously something on that banned list from California mm. is in there. Anyway, I think the best thing for you to do wherever you are in the country, if you're going to use holding tank treatments to find something that is formaldehyde free for certain and actually look for um, 
California friendly. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that, uh, Thetford makes uh, one called uh, Camp of Fresh mm-hmm. that is California um, approved. And but but, it, you know what? You also don't have to use chemicals, right? No, just use water. Usually. Give it a good flush after every dump if you can. I mean, I know for a lot of us who like to be state park campers, federal campers, and boondockers, we're always trying to conserve water. So that, you know, can be a little bit of an issue. But just give it a good flush when you get to that dump station. Don't just fill it once. Maybe think about filling it twice, maybe even a third time. Just, you know, there are ways that you can prevent that smell that nobody likes without having to use anything that you're putting in the tank. And if you're on full hookups, just use lots and lots of water with the toilet. I mean, you should be flushing a gallon of water down with the toilet um, for sure every time. Sure, absolutely. I don't stand there and like be like, was this a gallon? (laughs) I mean, now that said, we actually don't have that problem anymore. Now that we have a composting toilet. We don't even think about that. Not an issue. Nope. Uh, The other thing that came up in in the group was uh, from Eileen, who asked a question about rain on your travel day if rain is in the forecast for your travel day do you close the slides that night before in order to keep the slides the exterior of the slides from being all wet when you bring them in you know if they're if it's raining when you bring your slides in it squeegees some of the water Mm -hmm. off uh, through the seals but you're gonna have water dripping around the slide in your rv and it's hard to reach the top of some of these it's hard to reach the side yeah. on some of yeah. them as well. You know, that is not something that we have ever done. We have done it. We've done it once. I remember uh, and, you and this was your idea. It was going to it was going to uh, it was going to rain and you decided that you wanted to bring in the living room slides the night before. Yes. We didn't bring all we can't no. bring all of our slides in. But we brought the living we room did. slides in in order okay. to give us a little bit of a, a uh, well, heads up on that. Let me just go ahead and pat myself <laughs> on the back there for that. Um, but that is uh, for those of us who need to have slides out in order to exit our bedrooms. If we were to bring in this kitchen slide, we would all be trapped in the back. Yeah. Now, we have the app. And in you know, in theory, we could quickly put the kitchen slide back out and get everybody yeah. out and going. But um, that is not, you know, that's a... That that's a tough one I, for me to obviously answer. You can only I guess really do it if you have full access. And people with motorhomes, they have this ability for sure. And I think that's a big part of the reason why motorhome owners get up and go right away because yeah. they've already done a lot of that stuff overnight. I think the reason why I liked having this question on the podcast this week, even though we personally can't talk about it from a lot of experience from that standpoint, was just sort of the uh, aha. That it brought like to a lot of people in the group, but then also a little bit to me thinking, you know, that is such a good idea because we all, even the littlest bit of water sometimes in these rigs, and especially if you're doing it over and over, and especially if you're in the South in the spring, I mean, the amount of storms that we have been putting up with over the last eight weeks has just been shocking. Um, I think that, you know, having that option to bring in when you can just makes everything easier and also it just protects the rig well it's not just water either because a thunderstorm for instance often brings along with it a lot of leaves and stuff i don't know if i talked about on the podcast last week but when we left the campground we were staying at for an entire month i had to spend a lot of time cleaning off our roof there was just tons of stuff up there and i did it two days before we left oh yeah we did talk about this yeah and then the day we left there was a ton of stuff up there again hey do you remember and this is again talking about um silly like not thinking ahead things that we have done do you remember over the winter when we were camping and all of the slides had ice on them Mm-hmm. And we were getting ready to leave. That and was rough. there was no bringing those slides in. And certainly at some point, the ice had melted enough that we could have. But then we would have had a big chunk of ice sliding off the side of the kitchen side and just melting in the living room or, I mean, in the kitchen. And so that was, again, another example where we could have closed those slides up because it was actually during a period where we weren't staying in the rig. It had gotten so cold in the Quad Cities. We were at your parents that 
hindsight, we were like, man, we should have brought all these slides in. There are a lot of cases to be made for slide toppers. Yeah. <laughs> People recommend them often, but our big issue uh, is still, it's always wind. Like the wind has mm-hmm. been terrible here. And I don't know that we would have wanted to have slide toppers here in this really bad wind out on this out on this island jetty, whatever we're on right now. Yeah, I think they would have absolutely gotten torn up, especially in that storm we had yesterday where we were getting hit like from behind with 60 mile per hour winds. At the least, they would have been really loud. Yeah, (laughs) it was already loud in here. (laughs) Uh, If you have questions like that, the RV Miles Facebook group is a really great place Mm -hmm. to chat about them and get some information. So feel free to join us over there. Sometimes there are questions we don't have the answer to because it's just not a part of our lifestyle. We're not experts. No, we're not experts at all. If you just listened to this segment, you were like, boy, these two, what are they don't even know what they're doing with their slides. (laughs) We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about overnight RV parking and a lot of resources and tips for you to help you find that spot for just an overnight stay out on the road. Yeah. And I'm going to go see what the kid who's trying to slither his way across the floor while we're recording needs from me. We'll be right back. Chances are you've seen them on the road. That's because Blue Ox has been designing and manufacturing some of the best towing products in the industry. Blue Ox is everywhere. Highways, campgrounds, anywhere you find people traveling in the great outdoors. Blue Ox produces award-winning tow bars and base plates, plus a full line of weight distributing hitches and a new lineup of adjustable ball mounts. With Blue Ox, towing doesn't have to be a drag. To learn more about how Blue Ox can make your travel adventures even more stress-free, visit blueox.com. Electrical surge protection is one of the cheapest insurance policies you can provide for your RV and the Power Watchdog Smart Surge Protector made by Hughes Autoformers beats the competition with field replaceable surge modules. With other brands, when the surge protector takes a large surge or a spike, you have to throw it away. The Power Watchdog can be brought back to life with one small affordable part you can replace yourself. They'll even give you a free surge module in the first two years and now have a limited lifetime warranty. Use the coupon code RVMILES, all one word, for 10% off your order at HughesAutoformers.com. That's code RVMILES for 10% off at HughesAutoformers.com. We're back and it is time to talk about overnight RV parking. Yes. Now, a, a few, uh, i say about a year ago, there was uh, somebody had put a study out about Walmart overnight parking and how it was going away. And it was a big story that was circulating around. Um, And it was basically showing that over like the last 10 years, 50% of parking at Walmart, so overnight parking, had gone away. And what that survey didn't take into consideration was that the vast majority of the new Walmarts being built over the last 10 years have been Walmart neighborhood markets Mm -hmm. or they've been in cities. Um, so I don't think that told the whole story. And in fact, if you look at what's available um, for parking at Walmarts, it doesn't seem to me to be that different than it was when we started. There are certainly places where it has begun to go away a little bit. And usually that is because of local ordinances mm-hmm. and not because of Walmart. And often Walmart doesn't own the parking lots. Often they lease them from either a a landowner or they lease them from the city. So sometimes it's not up to Walmart. And in fact, where we just parked. Perfect example. (laughs) They had signs everywhere that said no overnight parking except for Walmart trucks. And we had called prior to getting there because we had read some conflicting reports on uh overnight RV parking. And so we called, we were able to speak to someone who gave us a confirmation that it was okay to do so. But then even when I got there, I felt nervous. And I decided, look, I was going to go inside and I was going to have someone look me in the eye (laughs) and tell me that it was okay. Right below the sign. I mean, we're right in front of it. (laughs) Yeah. So I did go in and I did. And one of the, she said to me, this is, I said, okay, I, you know, I just wanted to make sure because I saw the sign. And she said, yeah, I know we go back and forth on this all the time. Uh, 
there's no real policy on what we're doing. So we're just letting people stay. So again, you know, I don't know if that is just an individual store by store or if across all Walmarts, there's just no real decision on what they want to do regarding overnight parking. But again, when it comes to a Walmart, it is always best to try and call if you can and then have a backup to Walmart. And there there were some temporary issues at certain businesses, mm-hmm. including some Walmarts during COVID, especially where, you know, there are fewer employees. They don't want their, they didn't want their employees having to go pick up trash a lot and stuff like that. And um, the parking lots were already a problem with people just throwing their rubber gloves on the ground and stuff, not necessarily RVers, but just people in general. Masks, things like, yeah, not caring for the land. I mean, here we talk about this all the time. It's the same with public lands and boondocking. Abuse it and you lose it. So there are a lot more people RVing now. We know this to be true. And this could cause some businesses some concern Mm -hmm. over this. So, you know, there are lots of keys to us keeping this alive, including respecting the landowner's wishes and following some basic rules like not setting up a campsite, not cooking outside and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, there's a, a, Don't put your awning out. <laughs> yeah. Don't set up your chairs. Like, yeah. you know, you're just there for the overnight. When we were in Montrose last, that Walmart, there were like three RVs that had, it, they were set it up like it was a campground. They set it up like they were at a rally. Yeah. Like they had all decided they were going to rally at the Walmart. And that's what they were going to do. So now you might be saying to yourself, Jason, Abby, I don't want to just stay at a Walmart. Like, yeah. what are some other options here? Do you have Do you have anything else? Well, for thankfully, me? I think there are more options now than there ever have been. There are yeah. still more people using them, but there are more options. One of them that people have used for a long time has been truck stops. And there's a lot of back and forth on whether you should use t- truck stops and rest areas uh, because truckers have such strict rules Mm -hmm. on where they can park and when they have to park and how long you know their drive day is so they they really need to park when they can so uh, it's also not fun to stay at a truck stop so we generally recommend you don't stay at a truck stop well you know because you're parked around others who are running their engine all night yeah i mean it's just very loud it's very active there's a lot of trucks coming in and out uh, for us, it's sort of the very, very, very last option. Now, that said, some truck stops like Love's are starting to put in hookup spots yeah. specifically for RVers. Our, uh, Love's has is, is been rolling this out for several months, and they're continuing to do more, more of it. They're putting actual, you know, their parking spots are not campsites, although they are going to actually be building campgrounds on love's property as well in some places like you know sort of a summer um, destination a quick overnight you know <laughs> campground but they're putting in, in in parking that has full hookups for you to stop over the night at some love's truck stops now it's kind of expensive over 40 dollars a night mm-hmm. for parking at a love's it's great to have full hookups but like you're still dealing with all the noise yeah. all the light the smells and all of that sort of stuff I would at that point, and we're going to get to it in just a second, but if I'm going to pay, you know, 20 or $40, um, I would rather do something like a Harvest Hosts, even though I know they're not always going to be hookups. Now, that said, some do yeah. offer it, but I would rather spend that money there with the hope of getting a good night's sleep so that I can be fresh for driving the next day. Yeah, and, uh, you know, rest areas are a similar thing, and they're still an option. We have mm-hmm. stayed at a rest area. Oh, yeah, several two. times. You know, it, in in terms of, like, being in the way of truckers, it really depends a lot on where you are. We've stayed at rest areas where the parking lot was nowhere near half full overnight. Well, some rest areas are also dividing up the space and having designated mm-hmm. RV parking section and then a trucker section. So this is something we've started to notice a little bit more with the newer rest areas that are being built. They're becoming a little bit more accommodating for both types of uh, traveler. And I don't know that a trucker is necessarily a traveler, but I'm going to stick with that. Um, 
And so I think that, again, that's that option is great to have because, like you were talking about, you you start to be a little nervous taking a potential spot from a truck driver who really needs yeah. it. A lot of this depends a bit on your size, too. If you mm-hmm. are in a camper van or a small rig or truck camper or something like that, you can always park with the regular vehicles and you're not a problem when it comes to that. Yeah, that's... We're not that. <laughs> but you, you do have to you do have to make sure that that state allows it. And uh, you can some of the resources we're going to talk about in a minute, you can find some of that information. But not every state allows you to sleep overnight. Mm-hmm. A lot of them say no camping, which is different because camping, they're trying to say, don't set up a tent on our grounds mm-hmm. here, right? Um, and But some specifically say, you know, they have a limit for how long you can stay. Um, or whether you're allowed to park overnight or not. But most states, you are allowed to park overnight at a rest area. And don't overlook, don't just look at just the rest areas. Look at also like um, the the visitor center. Mm-hmm. You know, usually when you cross the state line on an interstate, that's usually a great spot. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So those are non-membership mm-hmm. type options. Mm-hmm. Now, other things uh, have been growing and growing, growing dramatically, and one of those is Harvest Hosts. Mm-hmm. Harvest Hosts, if you're not familiar, is an organization that you pay a membership fee to. to. It's it's I believe it's ninety nine dollars a year now. Yes, um, and you pay them a membership fee, and it allows you access to their website and their app, full of places where you can stay overnight. Usually. Places like farms, wineries, museums. Sometimes it's really urban museum type places and stuff too. There's a whole, they have been working so hard to grow dramatically the network mm-hmm. of harvest host locations out there. And, um, you know, just like any other option, they can be hit or miss. Some are amazing, some are not. Yeah. Um, you are expected to patronize that business. They usually say you should spend at least $20 at the business. But, you know, if it's a winery, go in and buy a bottle of wine. If it's a We'll abuse- be lucky if I get out spending only $20. <laughs> if it's a museum, you should, you know, go to the museum mm-hmm. or buy something in their in their gift shop. It, so it, it is not necessarily, you know, a free thing. It's definitely not a free thing. And it's, it, it's something that... Um, you know, it's kind of a fun thing to do. Like you want to look at it as like, this is a a destination for me to do something at. Yeah. I feel like I look at it as though it's, um, I don't know if this is the right word, but like almost like having a a built-in attractions membership for RVers. So you get to go across the country and you get to stay at different attractions or locations, maybe places you wouldn't normally go to. Or you know what? If you're already buying that bottle of wine, then here you go. You have a place to sleep for the night and enjoy that bottle of wine. And then you get to go in and support a local business. I think that that's also a really important component of Harvest Hosts is the ability to support on the local level as you travel around the country. Now, that said, it's really, really important that you really read some reviews and stuff about some of these places. You know, we had our most recent Harvest Hosts experience tanked pretty bad on us. Um, There wasn't a very clear definition of what they meant by their business hours in the listing. And we had sent in a request about two and a half days before we wanted to arrive. It was open and available on the calendar. And we never heard anything back. And so, you know, that um, piece of it when there are going to be some that, you know, are have very, very, very limited communication abilities, or maybe you're not in the office as often. And those to me are ones that I find a little bit frustrating about Harvest Hosts, because the idea is, is sort of being that these can be sort of last minute travel options. And when there are people who come into this organization, and they're only in the office, maybe five hours a week. Mm-hmm. I think it's very, very hard to book that last minute. And then there should be sort of this idea that if you can only be in the office, you know, this often to answer these emails, then you need to be booking, only allowing bookings week out in advance, two weeks out in advance, whatever. 
um, minor inconvenience, and you know, we ended up at the Walmart instead. But you kind of wait. You're but, like, uh, okay, we put this in, and then you've got to wait to hear back, and then you're waiting and you're waiting. And you're like, do I book yeah. something else? Do I figure? So you you have to have backups. Whatever you're doing, if it's if it's going to be a free spot, you need to have backups. If it's a Walmart. You know, yeah. you might get to the Walmart and you might find a you can't get into the Walmart. You don't. Mm-hmm. There's no way to drive into the Walmart. Or they'll say, "Hey, this week we've decided people can't camp here." Or you just don't feel safe. You know, mm-hmm. you might not feel safe at a certain Walmart and and want to move on. Or, or it's Cracker packed. Barrel. Or there are other co- businesses like Cabela's and mm-hmm. Bass Pro Shops that are that are RVers often use. And we had our generator stolen at a Bass yep. Pro Shop boondocking. Overnight, and it although it felt safe, it wasn't. Yeah, we <laughs> left the Cracker Barrel to go back to the Cabela's, and now I wish we had stayed at the Cracker Barrel. Um, you know, it's just it's a lot of things to piece together, and you can totally do that. But again, even with a harvest hosts, you know, there's no guarantee you're going to hear back. Like sending in a request is not a guarantee of a reservation. So I think, you know, it's just really important for anyone who's not a member yet to understand that, because I think if that had been my first experience with harvest hosts, I would have been really turned off by that. Mm-hmm. And I would have thought, well, what is the point of this? And what is the point of this membership. So just keep that in mind if you have not joined yet. So another resource is very similar and it's actually owned by the same company, Boondockers Welcome. We have loved Boondockers Welcome the times we have used it. And a lot of people are apprehensive about it because you're staying on someone else's, you know, a private mm-hmm. person's property, not a business. You're staying on private property and you know, do you have to talk to that person and all that sort of stuff? It and, really stresses introverts out. Yes. Like introverts get really stressed out by boondockers. Welcome. <laughs> and and I'm very, very introverted. Like, <laughs> I, me being the person to go into Walmart and talk to the manager, I don't want to be that person. Yeah, right? you were you were so happy that I went and did that. And I was shocked that you said that to me because it to me it just seemed like I just wanted to, you know, yeah. confirm and, and speak to someone. And they were so happy to talk to me. But you were just like, I could never do that. But so Boondockers Welcome is a very similar thing where you stay on somebody's, it might be their, their, uh, they have a large backyard and then they might have a, just a very small driveway and mm-hmm. you can only park a, you know, a small motorhome in it or whatever. But uh, our experiences have all been just such pleasant people that respect your, you know, space, but also talk to you a, a bit. And we've had people offer us like their leftovers and, <laughs> and stuff or they dessert or whatever. It's um, just like being at a campground yeah. a little bit, yeah. you know, you get to know your neighbors and then everyone goes and does their thing or comes together. Like, you know, you feel it out, you get the vibe and, and you, it's nice. I mean, it's just, it's nice to break that up a little bit and just the hospitality of people that host yeah, they're doing always, it free. I know. It's you know. always so amazing to me because they're just so kind and so genuinely happy that you are there. It's not an inconvenience to them at all. And yeah, I, grumpy people would never be oh, Boondockers no. Welcome hosts. So mm-hmm. if you're concerned about that, like it, it, it's just it's it weeds them out because it's all they get in return is a free membership mm-hmm. to Boondockers Welcome. So they can go in and turn do you know do it elsewhere. Yeah. And it's 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 a great program. We we've just had such good experiences, and it, it's in the same way as Harvest hosts. You put in a request, that person can deny you or approve mm-hmm. you based on you know your rating, the size of your rig, all that sort of stuff. It there's a whole lot of uh, benefit for everybody to be nice to each other, right? And there are reviews that you can review and all that sort of stuff. All right, so moving right along, let's talk maybe about the uh, this one and this one together since they're well, a little the same. Last week, I fresh tanked the Togo app because I was talking about the button that you can click to get RV maintenance. Mm-hmm. If you are a member of the Togo app, if you're a member of RoadPass, yeah, the you have, plus, you have the, the RoadPass uh, Pro membership, you can't. You have access to the database on overnightrvparking.com and it's also right there within the Togo mm-hmm. app. So you on that home screen you click the button find overnight RV parking. And these are truly verified locations that the 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 people that work for overnight RV parking actually call a lot of these businesses up. Some of them it says unverified or not so that it will tell you if it's ver- been verified or not. But you can be relatively certain when you see that a business allows it 
that they do. And it, it says the date that it, you know, yeah. the, the last was found and all that sort of stuff. So this, it's a really great resource as well. So you can get that through the Togo RV app. The Togo RV app is free, but again, you have to be a RoadPass Pro member, mm -hmm. uh, which is about $50 a year. And we have a code RVMILES10X to get you $10 off. Yeah, and we have uh, a couple different codes too. I was going to say that at the end, but since you brought it up now, uh, we do have one for Harvest Hosts, Boondockers Welcome, and uh, the Togo RV app. So we will put those, if you are watching this on YouTube, it'll be in the description. If you are doing the podcast version, it will also be in the podcast description, or you can just go over to rvmiles.com slash deals. And then in there, we have listed all of the deals that we currently have available to the RV Miles community. And those are in there as well. The folks that own Road Pass, it's actually just changed hands uh, in the last week. It's mm -hmm. actually been sold from Thor Industries. Well, I think they still own a, minor a minority stake in it, but a, a, a private um, investment company has bought the majority stake in it. But they also own Campendium, and Campendium has always been one of our favorite sites for finding Absolutely. campgrounds and seeing reviews. But Campendium also lists overnight RV parking spots as well, and they're getting better and better and more thorough uh, with the amount of listings there. But if you want another free resource that is actually pretty thorough, freecampsites.net is a great option that we've used very often. And um, it's it's not going to be as verified as the overnight yeah. RV parking database, but they do list um, quite a bit of spots. They do list spots that are not available. So they'll show pretty much every Walmart and they'll show you if, if it's a, a, a no or a yes, you should still ask management. But uh, they also list on their cheap campsites, like cheap options that might be like five or $10 a night. So those are those are great things to check out as well. It's a little bit of a clunky older website, but we found great spots. There. I think that's how we found the Idaho abandoned mm -hmm. Idaho State Park, mm -hmm. which was one of our favorite places to boondock. It was just right off the highway, but boy, was it spectacular. Just as when we look at campsites on sites like Campendium. Uh, and campgroundreviews.com, we're often reading reviews and seeing what people say. So mm -hmm. this, that's another thing about places like Overnight RV Parking and Campendium uh, and freecampsites.net is that it's it's often very useful to go in and read the reviews. You can see like um, when people say, oh, it was very hard to get my 43-foot fifth wheel into this parking lot or yeah. the road the the road to this free campsite was seven miles of washboard like that is the important information for us often to find especially when you're just looking for a quick overnight you mm -hmm. don't want to deal with seven miles on a washboard no, road you do not uh so so none of these websites are going to be comprehensive when it comes to reviews. So it's often nice to just sort of check them all and sort of find um, the different information that the different ones might have when the most recent information is, that sort of stuff as well. All right, so that's our discussion on is it possible to continue to do overnight parking in 2022? If you have a suggestion, we would love to hear it. You can just head over to the RV Miles Facebook group and share it there because then you will also be able to let the over 11,000 other members in the group know as well. Sharing is caring. We'll be back in a moment. If you've been thinking about picking up a solo stove, now is the perfect time. During the off-season, Solo Stove continues to offer discounts on their popular low-smoke fire pits, including our favorite, the Bonfire. RV Miles listeners can save even more money by heading over to rvmiles.com slash solo stove and using the link and promo code. Take advantage of all the discounts to be had before camping season starts and get your solo stove today. rvmiles.com slash solo stove and then click the link and use the promo code to save even more. We are back and it is time to check the level of those all important tanks. Jason, what is in your black tank this week? I, when I was doing uh, my research for this week's news video, uh, an article came up uh, from the Seacoast Current. And uh, this is something that floored me. Did you know that there are only five states in the country 
where it is illegal to ride in a truck camper, like a slide-in truck camper in the bed of a truck. Are you sure you didn't like misread that and there are five <laughs> states where it is legal? <laughs> there are more states that ban riding in a trailer, although there are many where it is still allowed to – every state bans you riding in a conventional travel trailer. Several states do allow people to ride in a fifth-wheel trailer as long I, as they have communications so like walkie-talkies or something. That's a horrible idea. <laughs> we are not here to suggest you do any of and these things. And it is things. just as horrible to, if not more, what? to ride in a truck camper. I, I cannot can't. imagine riding in a truck camper. I would love to know if anyone listening or watching has done that and if they could share the experience of what that was like. I, that just seems rough. And I feel like I would get motion sickness. And in a crash, you would be dead. And in a crash, things would not go well for me. Yeah. So <laughs> I, but I'm, I cannot believe that only five states in this country are like, eh, you know, maybe not so much. Do you know what five states? Uh, you- no, I, okay. I do know one is Massachusetts, but okay. uh, I don't, I don't know. Uh, two of them are in New England. I know. Okay. That. Uh, uh, So there you go. Okay. What is in your fresh tank this week? We finally got our Starlink set up. We have our Starlink internet. It is on, I have it sitting on the roof of RV right now. And we are getting such fast internet from it. He is so happy. He is so happy. It is great. So I'm going to go in a little bit more depth in a YouTube video on this subject. But... For power users of RVs, for people Mm -hmm. who are out on the road quite a bit and who need internet quite a bit, it might be time. It might be time. Um, There were some issues in the past where maybe it was the older version took too much power. Um, There weren't enough satellites, so it it was harder to get signal in places where there were trees. You can now... There are trees you can still kind of get a signal. You might have to move it to the edge of your campsite, mm-hmm. something like that. It It is going to have sort of blackout periods, maybe three minutes an hour. So I, I guess, for instance, I set it, when I set it up for the first time here in our campsite, we don't have many trees, but there are a couple palm trees. And I set it maybe five feet from a palm tree. So it was, it was essentially under it uh-huh. in, in a way. And we were losing about two minutes an hour. Of internet connection when it was there. Then I threw it up on the roof and we're losing nothing. So it, it is great for streaming, for downloading things. The kids have been downloading games on the Xbox and they're like, this is amazing. It's so fast. It Priorities. Is, it is not, however, the ideal solution. This is, you know, We've only had it up and running for three or four days. But I can tell you right now, it is not the ideal solution for people who are on Zoom calls all day long. No. Because you will have dropouts, uh, and you know a thirty-second dropout on a Zoom call is an eternity, especially if you're, you know, working for a business where they require you to be there, or in the middle of an interview. They will happen exactly. (laughs) They will happen regularly. They will happen often, and uh, you won't notice them if you're like streaming Netflix because there's Mm -hmm. buffering involved. You won't really notice them in your general use of the internet. But for streaming type deals, like if we wanted to live stream our um, our Monday Night Live, which we might do in two days, I don't know. What? Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. We were supposed to do it last Monday and we didn't. So. I know. <laughs> okay, we should probably talk about that. We should probably acknowledge that we were supposed to do Monday Night Live. We came back. We came back strong in March. We were like, we are here. We've been gone for six months. We we're back, forgot. y'all. And then we, you know, we'll see you next month. And then somebody Monday night was like, tagged what us. Are you, are you guys doing it? And we died a little we're on like, the inside. Oh, why didn't How? we? And you know what? There are so many things out here in the world called timers and calendars and, you know, just ways that people organize their lives that for whatever reason, we treat as though they're a disease. (laughs) Well, we don't use them. Because we all want to get sick. We'll, be, we'll get better about that. We, we do keep a pretty good calendar of where we're camping. So maybe it would be smart to 
put on that I calendar. Do, it does. It does have. Yeah, I, maybe we'll use the calendar on the wall. So we'll just go back to good old fashioned calendars on the wall. So sorry if you were waiting for us. Uh, thank you for those of you that mentioned it. We're going to try to do it again at some point this month. So embarrassing. <laughs> anyway, okay, so right. anyway, Starlink is is great. It's it it's not ideal for for those of you that might be in that situation where you do need to have real time communication with people. We're going to keep other backups uh, for those reasons for sure, and for when we're camping in a lot of trees because that's still going to be an issue. Yes. Okay, what is in your black tank this week? So my black tank is a pretty serious discussion I just want to have for a second. We have some friends over at Family of Nomads. That's their channel all across social media. And they just came over recently to join YouTube. And they, you know, they have, uh, Jessica and Deb have over, I think, like 1.5 million subscribers on TikTok, uh, over 150, I do believe, on Instagram. And they're moving into the YouTube sphere. And they're doing over there what they've been doing on these other platforms, which are really incredibly successful reels. They're so good at what they do. I learn from them constantly. And so they joined YouTube and like what often happens for them, they had a lot of things start to go viral, large viral. I mean, we're talking, uh, you know, over a million views on most of the videos and into the hundreds of thousands. And they were just attacked, viciously attacked by the YouTube community. I mean, the comments that were being left, the attacks that were being made against them, the, you know, accusations of how they are with parents and their children. It was disgusting. It was heartbreaking. It was hurtful to them. They were shocked. You know, we all know that in this world that we work in, we 100% know that not everybody is going to love us, not everybody is going to agree with us, and not everybody is going to understand this lifestyle. That is the responsibility that we take on as content creators, and, and we own that. But what happened to them was beyond really anything that I have ever seen. And, you know, it infiltrated even into our corner of YouTube, where someone left a comment to us on a walkthrough of our rig about how our kids had it better than their kids. And that to me is unacceptable. It's, I, I don't know how to, you know, and I don't really believe that anyone listening to this, and, but maybe I shouldn't say that. I would hope that anyone listening to this does not go out into the world and treat others the way that this family was treated on this platform. Um, because I just, I don't understand it. And I'm, I'm just black tanking, you know, the idea that you can watch something for 15 seconds and think that you know that you know how those kids feel, that you know how that family operates. They let you come into their lives to share it. You chose to watch it. And then you decided the best course of action would be to almost abuse this family with your words. I don't understand it. This is a problem that I've noticed for us too with, with these with these short videos, the reels um, that are, you know, they're usually 10 to 15 seconds long. It's just not that this justifies it in any way possible, but it, it, it it's just hard to, you, you're not explaining everything in one of those. No. And people will Polaroid. respond, but here, here are these 400 things that you did wrong. Yeah. We're like, no, we thought about that. There's a reason we did it, but we didn't, we're not putting all that information or, into a 15 second video. It's very important to remember, we did the other 399 things you're suggesting, but we only had time to show you the one. Right, right. And this is, for good or for bad, right now the way that we as a society want to consume content. We didn't just sit down and all decide, oh, you know what, everybody has to watch 15 to 30 to 60 second videos now. 
We didn't decide that as content creators. You as consumers decided that. Platforms that we're all on decided that. And so we have to, like everything in life, like how all forms of business work, we have to adapt with the times. And so this is where we're at right now. Um, There are still wonderful outlets for long form and YouTube is one of those is clear that there are some massive growing pains happening over on YouTube because people are used to consuming long form content and they're getting this short form content that YouTube insists that we do. We don't do this like just because we want to. This literally YouTube is like, you have to do this now in order to continue to have the kind of engagement that we and you want on this platform. Yeah, it's just adding more negativity to social media, which is really, you know, it's obviously it's not good for our society all around. No, but these platforms are plugging hundreds of millions of dollars into beefing up these short form content. Mm -hmm. And so I just, you know, I'm guilty as anyone of of watching it. You know, it's just. Oh, I enjoy it. I'm not going to say it's a bad thing. I enjoy these videos. I enjoy the short form content. I I find value in it. But the short stuff, it shouldn't even have a comment section. Just just watch it and move on. I mean, I always (laughs) do love the people that come in and say, you know, just because you can doesn't mean you should. And look, my my response will always be just because you can comment doesn't mean you should. I, I, that and yeah. that's the truth. I you know Yeah, we've uh, we've complained in the past and I hate sounding like a complainer um when it comes to stuff like social media comments. It is what we open ourselves up to, but it's a big society problem that uh, I think we have to deal with at some point. And yeah, it, and it is I, sad that that they had to go through um such a severe rash of it. Yeah, and I just uh, for, you know, for me, when children are involved and a family is sharing with you, and especially this family that has been able to carve such a joyous existence out of some really hard pasts, that they have been able to do what they have been able to do. When people come after children, and again, yes, the kids are out there. But we are adults and we can refrain and we can enjoy seeing a family live their very best life, even if that does not fall in line with how we live our very best life. We can still watch that or we can scroll past it. We don't have to be ugly about it. Exactly. The end. What's in your fresh tank? So my fresh tank this week is a couple of... Uh, TV show options on Netflix. I'm adding one in here that you don't know about. Um, But the first one is, this doesn't come out until April 16th, but we were able to get a pre-screen of it because uh, this upcoming episode of the America's National Parks podcast will feature an interview with the director and I believe the... It's it's two of the... It's it's the executive producer and the uh, and the series producer. Oh, who, okay. And she also directed some of the episodes. Okay, fantastic. So the documentary is a five-part series called Our Great National Parks. And it doesn't just focus on uh, America, U.S. National Parks, the National Park Service, but it highlights some of the most beautiful national parks in the world. And it was an incredibly fascinating discussion that you had with them, but it was also just so gorgeous to watch. It is narrated by Barack Obama, and he was an executive producer on the documentary as well. And it is, it is fascinating. It, there were images, like what we have been able to do now with cinematography when it comes to drone shots is just unbelievable things that things that i've never seen before i mean they kick it off with an elephant and a hippo playing in the ocean which i i didn't know that you know elephants went and splashed around in the ocean but i think what i really liked the most about this was there's a lot of humor interjected into this they're they do such a good job of highlighting what we're doing as a community 
to protect these spaces now and not just constantly um, hitting us with what needs to be done and the doom and gloom of what could be coming. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a lot about what's working and yes. you know, what, what national parks are doing around the world to protect animals and resources that is as actually bringing uh, you know populations yeah. of animals back. It's great. I mean, it it was great. The writing was excellent. You know, President Obama did an, a really great job as the narrator. He got me to chuckle several times, which I appreciated. You know, I think sometimes with uh, nature documentaries or wildlife documentaries, they can sometimes get a little monotonous from episode to episode to episode. And this one was really engaging. So that's going to come out on April 16th. You should check it out. But our interview will be out here in the next few days over the weekend or early part of next week. Uh, My second recommendation could not be further further from our great national parks and that is also another uh netflix original called is it cake oh you're recommending that i am gonna recommend it because it is the worst best thing that you need in your life right now (laughs) it is okay so bad but so good you're you're right yes like uh mikey day from snl hosts it and it's like i told jason like one episode in i said he is literally like the backup to the backup to the backup to jim carrey he's like so over the top it is it's, it's like they wanted Jim Carrey. They couldn't get Jim Carrey. So then they wanted someone else who was like Jim Carrey. Couldn't get him. Wanted someone else. Eventually, they just landed with Mikey Day. And the... He is... He is so the whole premise, though, I mean... The whole premise is it's just the same group of bakers, very similar to like Great British Baking Show. They're going to go through a series of challenges and someone's going to end up with the, as the winner. But they have to bake items that look like everyday things and and then they have to then judges have to see they, they have to see them up like them against decoys up on podiums and, and decide guess, which one of them is cake they're that good that it, it they, they fool, fool the judges most of the time all the time it is literally the worst best thing on netflix right now and and that's saying something so if you want to just check out and just have you know an hour of just what am i watching and why can't i stop watching this then you want to watch that on netflix that's a good place to end it i guess what a place (laughs) to leave it (laughs) wow all right well that is it for this episode of the rv miles podcast as a quick reminder we are all across social media so please come and find us on instagram youtube tiktok and facebook and if you are doing any shopping on amazon please take rv miles with you just start at amazon.com slash shop slash rv miles thank you again for listening please continue to stay healthy enjoy the spring and keep logging those RV miles. Bye, everybody.